13th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let the spirit come down. Let the spirit come down. Let the spirit come down on me to change my life around. When we decide to follow someone, perhaps we need first to be set free and understand what it is that we believe about them. In the Gospel we have Jesus resolutely taking the road to Jerusalem with disciples who believed all kinds of ideas about him and had some misconceptions. In the first reading from Kings, we hear how the Lord said to Elijah, Go and anoint Elisha as prophet to succeed you. And we also hear from Paul how in the Galatians letter that they were to rejoice and be glad because they had been set free. But they needed to be careful about this freedom. And our opening prayer is from Father Don Gagan. Let us once again pray. The fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service and the fruit of service is peace. Let us be at peace. As the time grew near for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely took the road for Jerusalem and sent messengers ahead of him. These set out and they went into a Samaritan village to make preparations for him, but the people would not receive him because he was making for Jerusalem. Seeing this, the disciple James and John said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went off to another village. As they travelled along, they met a man on the road who said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus answered. Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another to whom he said, Follow me, replied, Let me go and bury my father first. But he answered, Leave the dead to bury their dead. Your duty is to go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, sir, but first let me go and say goodbye to my people at home. Jesus said to him, Once the hand is laid on the plough, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Imagine being a Jewish citizen 2,000 years ago in the presence of Jesus every day. Imagine eating with him, walking with him, 
watching him, talking with him, listening to him. Yes, it would be incredible and surely we would know exactly what he was about and come to realise with certainty who he was. If he looked you in the eye and said, follow me, surely we would give up everything in order to follow him. Or are we deluding ourselves? Wouldn't we be just like the crowds and disciples who were quite unsure about his identity? We might want a little more assurance before making the full life commitment and be happy to go along with the theories being portrayed as to his nature for now. In any case, wouldn't we want to put our houses in order before leaving everything behind? Why did disciples want to follow Jesus at all? Some thought he was just like, or even, the Elijah, the great man who we've heard about in the Hebrew scriptures, throwing his cloak over Elisha. Or maybe we would like the idea that Jesus is perhaps just like the ancient prophet Moses, someone to help us get over being ruled by the Romans and even remove them forever. Perhaps we would be dismissive of anyone who said he was John the Baptist because we'd seen them together by the River Jordan. Or we might even have been baptised by John ourselves and heard him say, Jesus was now the one to follow. We wouldn't be able to consult Google or ask Alexa and there'd be no books to read. We might just have to believe what we heard Jesus say and what we heard his followers say. Now let's come back to 2022. If someone who knew nothing of Jesus came and asked us to explain him to them, where would we begin? Do we look at them in surprise and simply repeat what Peter said, the Christ of God, and leave it at that? Or tell them to consult social media? How many differing views of Jesus would you find there? Remember, it took Peter a long time to understand even what he himself was saying. I'm quite sure I don't really know what Peter meant exactly by the word Christ at that point, and I'm sure he was not alone in not knowing either. The other apostles, even after three years on the road with Jesus and heading resolutely for a showdown in Jerusalem, found it difficult to understand him. Take Thomas. Even before the upper room incident, he took a lot of persuading over most things. Philip kept asking Jesus to show him his father and he couldn't get it. Then the sons of thunder, James and John, they wanted to be the top apostles when this trip to Jerusalem was over. They would do anything for Jesus, but still got him wrong when they clumsily say about the disrespectful Samaritans, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn them up? Who did they think this Christ of God was? Perhaps starting with the term Christ when describing Jesus is not so helpful after all, like putting the cart before the horse. Perhaps it takes time to know Jesus and there are no easy answers. C.S. Lewis 
started his journey towards Jesus by believing eventually in God at the age of 29. It took two more years of reading books by Chesterton like The Everlasting Man and staying up arguing till the small hours with great thinkers such as Dylan and Tolkien before he came close to seeing Jesus as the one to follow. When we turn to Paul speaking to the Galatians, we hear him taking it for granted that Christ was essentially the one who sets people free. Yet remember, he started by persecuting any Christian he could find and throwing them into prison. If Jesus asked anyone to follow him, he first virtually untied them from whatever enslaved them. One of the best examples I heard describing this was the story of the donkey which he sent his apostles to bring to him. If anyone challenged them, they were to say, the master is in need of it. This donkey had to be untied. Then, after being brought to Jesus, he threw his cloak over him and gave him meaning and dignity to this humble creature. We should therefore expect that when the master chooses anyone to follow him, he wants them to be free, to be untied. Jesus saw the most lowly people as blessed, gifted and capable of serving him and one another with works of love. So what about the three would-be disciples who were dithering? Did you notice that each of the three were accepted by Jesus. For example, the one who wanted to bury his father was given the task instead to go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. He was free to do this, but it wouldn't be easy. One of the greatest lessons Jesus wanted to teach his disciples was humility. The role of the donkey was to demonstrate that humility would be the sign of the Christ. Paul also describes this as the opposite of self-indulgence, which shows itself in discord, people snapping at one another, tearing the other to pieces physically or verbally. These actions destroy. They're not the signs of love. The sign of love was to serve, and even the apostles needed constant reminders about this all the way to Jerusalem. Paul says, when Christ freed us, he meant us to remain free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. The answer to the meaning of Christ as applied to Jesus has caused continued confusion and argument over the last 2,000 years. Christians do not always agree. Perhaps the world regards it like Smith or Jones, just the surname of Jesus, or a good shot word. If you watch TV, you'd think that the word Christ was simply an expletive used by people who seem not to understand or care about its meaning. Peter, in using the word Christ, is using a title that tries to explain the mission of Jesus. Perhaps. Christ is of little use to us as a title outside the language of the Israelites. They meant the term to mean the return of a powerful earthly warrior, king, 
a Messiah who would fulfill all the promises of glory and power for the Jewish people found in the Old Testament. From their perspective, the idea that Jesus was a prophet like Moses was not far from their expectations. Jesus was, however, a sign of contradiction to this earthly view. Instead of wealth, honours and pride, he offers poverty, humiliations and humility to those who follow him. Perhaps those who say, I will follow you, sir, wherever you go, need to really discover what this might mean. Like C.S. Lewis, Jesus will give them all the time they need and the means to come to an honest decision if they ask. Pope Benedict said once that when we want to know more about Jesus, a quick answer will not be sufficient. We need the company of those who believe. These people are described by Paul to the Galatians as those who have been set free by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. We need to eat with them, watch with them, walk with them, talk with them, listen with them. Then we'll be in the presence of Jesus who, by grace, will provide some insight as to what faith in him as the Christ possibly means. The disciple who walks with Jesus may even hope to follow him one day into full communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit. If anyone asks why you would want to do this, perhaps the answer is, the Master is in need of it.
Lord, please come to me in spiritual communion. Send your body and blood gushing through my veins. Send your love into my heart, my soul, my mind. Lift me up to your bosom and infuse me with your divine love. Amen. <laughs>